As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Intro music, play some music under this bit here. Yeah, that sounds good. Like it. All right, welcome to the off-season uh, on Rugby Pass. My name is James McConey. I'm here with Melody Robinson and Liam Napier. Hello there. Kia ora. Kia ora. Uh, Melody, of course, is a uh, Sky Sport commentator. Now she's moved into, she's a suit. Well, no, I still do women's commentary because that's my passion, so they're letting me do that. I beg your pardon. Yeah. And you're a four-time World champion? Only two, James. Okay. Tw- Good uh, try, though. Maybe we could have got someone who's won more World Cups in here. Uh, Liam Napier, who is not from Napier, you're actually from Foxton, and you enjoy the fizz, is it? Foxton fizz? Can't go wrong with the Foxton fizz. What's that? It's a world-famous fizzy drink. Uh, I'd highly recommend lime. lime. Oh, okay. Huh. Lime. Okay. And you're heading there for Christmas, I take it? I am. Back to the... I was going to say motherland, but uh, we'll just call it an, a bit of a, an oasis. Um, yeah, catch up with family and friends and take in the beautiful West Coast beach that it is. Oh, you can drive on the beach there, can't you? You can. Lots of sand dunes and uh, blue bottles and <laughs> there wouldn't be <laughs> a, There wouldn't be, a, if you were single, there wouldn't be a lot of singleness happening there, would there? Uh, it's fair to say there's a fair bit of teen pregnancy and the like, but uh, <laughs> yep. yeah, things that it's famous for. It's a great place. Uh, ticking off the list. So Liam also writes for the New Zealand Herald, a uh, rugby writer uh, who's who's been on tour for a, a lot of the year. And we're going to start off with the All Blacks, of course. And um, the big story of the year was the Lions tour. It was massive, great for Sky, Mel. But disappointing for New Zealanders in the end. Well, yeah, but that, that's the rugby fanatics that basically were disappointed because everybody else that actually went down to Shed 5, the cloud, hung out at the pubs, enjoyed all the fans, they had a great old time. So, yes, it was a draw. We didn't get the result we wanted, but it's, honestly, people were still pretty happy. Liam, you were there covering it and seeing uh, Warren Gatlin get grumpy and then smug and then... Uh, weirdly sort of celebrating at the end. Uh, what did you make of it for New Zealand? What's it going to go down in history as? A missed opportunity? 
Yeah, I think so. Um, I agree with Mel. It was it was really it was magic off the field. Um, I got to Eden Park before um, the third test, about an hour and a half, two hours before, and there's thousands of Lions fans around the concourse just drinking and having a ball, you know. Um, and that sort of spread throughout the country with wherever you went. Um, they, uh, you know, New Zealand fans are boring, aren't they? Yes. You know, we sit there and we're we're, we're boring. We don't know how to actively support and get into things. So to have that Northern Hemisphere flavour um, is magical. Um, they, they know how to do it properly. So that side of it was brilliant. And, you know, you, you'd wish that they could come back every year. Did you not get into the Tutera Mai Na Iwi? Oh, you <laughs> got over that pretty quickly, didn't we? <laughs> yeah. Didn't quite take off. Um, I think forced, um, you know, sort of, uh, what do you call it, chanting is is tough <laughs> at the best of times. I, I grew up in the Waikato where people would just ring cowbells and then the Mulu Ole Ole song came along. It was a revolution yes. in the 90s. Probably the only New Zealand crowd that sang, really, mm. New Zealand rugby crowd. But, of course, it's... It's uh, faded away now, and I think the Lions fans, you look at the Tongan fans in rugby league, they're teaching us a massive lesson because it did feel like a like almost a home game for the Lions, didn't it, Eden yeah. Park? Do you know, and one of the storylines to come out of the whole Lions tour was Warren Gatland, and, yeah, we gave him some shit, didn't we, uh, the Kiwi fans. He said in an interview over the weekend, oh, I must have been naive, I didn't think Kiwis would do that to me. Really? We're the worst fans in the world. We abuse everybody. We're arrogant. Yeah, and we were, we were abusing the ref as well by the end, which is the, which is our go-to <laughs> when you consider what happened with Wayne Barnes. Come on down, Wayne Barnes. Mm. Yeah, who had to go into witness protection under the name Wayne Kerr for years. Um, we, oh, Sorry, you were mates with Wayne, aren't you? Well, he came over to dinner at my house one time. Oh. He's quite interesting. He's a criminal lawyer. Smart. Yeah, he's a criminal referee as well. <laughs> um, he... What Roman Poit though was it? It was more than that, oh. wasn't it? We 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 butchered a lot of chances. Did we get it right? Did we didn't we didn't respond to the rush defence, Liam. Yeah, we, we butchered. You're right. We butchered the series. Uh, we maybe we got carried away after the first test. The All Blacks were tactically brilliant, um, and the way that they played off nine, they went up the middle and they caught the Lions massively by surprise. Um, then it pissed down in Wellington. Mm. Um, still a magic atmosphere, but um, the red card changed. The, complexion of the match they went into their shells despite bringing on a back and and they played a forward orientated game which was a bit bizarre and you know they still had the lines on the rack for 60 minutes and 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 blew it and then um in that first half they could have had in the final test they could have had four tries um you know they they promoted rookies and and Lamapi and Geordie Barrett and they stepped up and 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 they blew it and yes the ref um cost them the match but in hindsight, did he really? You know, the All Blacks could have won that game well before then, and that's that's the reality of it. I think they had 20 minutes of good rugby over the three test matches, and that's so disappointing. And that was really interesting how they did go to that forward-orientated um, game. That, that That's probably how they thought they were going to beat that uh, defence, that umbrella-type defence, but it played entirely into the Lions' hands. Uh, whenever I watch the All Blacks, I think in a tough test match like that, I become 12 years old again, you know, and you really, you need it, you need them to win. And there were just so many things that I just couldn't deal with um, in that final test match. But I felt felt like um, milking that penalty against Wyatt Crockett, I mean, there's always players lying in the back of the ruck. Halfbacks are always having to avoid, you know, the flotsam and jetsam back there. 
I think we've got got to say that refs have to get a little bit wiser to all that sort of stuff. You know what I'm saying? I think what there's they should, always someone lying. What there. what they should do is is uh, rather than give a penalty, um, just blow a scrum mm. because. You know that's not much of an advantage, is it? So no. halfbacks, uh, I'm a halfback, and uh, cheeky as hell, aggressive, and you'll get away with anything you can. That's the same with flankers, that's, props. That, that's not just on the field. That's yeah. off the field. Oh. Yes, all yeah. oh, that's that's proven you, correct. Uh, referees are, are funny creatures because it's only the ones who are super confident who have a big pair of balls that are actually able to make big calls. God, that rhymed. That's right, yeah, and no, but you're right. I think we're making really good progress here. I thought the yeah, Eminem in the house. Yes, and um, <laughs> if you uh, do, you want to rhyme some more? No, that's it. But rhyme with poit. But it's true though, because no oh, poit. I just did a. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know if that. that I mean, Talking about twelve years old right. again, eh? Yes. Okay. Hey, but no, seriously, because what happens when, um, say, there's a critical incident in a game and referees get assessed and they get marked afterwards? They have to be able to justify to the international selectors, to their um, peers, why they made a decision on the field. So most of them just remain safe and just go with the flow. So it's only the very, very strong ones that can actually be super good because they are brave. Absolutely right. Now, Roman Poit, I heard from a, from a referee, because the referees sort of all help each other. They're like this little secret community. So the uh, referee who was down under Eden Park, after the game, saw Roman Poit and he was so gutted that he said, uh, I think he realised they had done the wrong thing, but also that it became a, a talking point. He didn't want to be a factor in the game whatsoever. He became this massive factor. But what I thought was, you know that penalty that he, that he reduced to a scrum? Uh, I mean, in a lot of games, refs will never give that as a penalty. But in the very next order, one of the rucks after that, there was a clear offside. And I think by then he'd lost it. He was, you know... He was having an outer body experience. He wasn't there. He just wanted it to finish by then and mm. couldn't make, like you said, the ballsy call. Mm. Why are we talking about refs? Because we're Kiwis. But <laughs> I actually, the, the one other interesting thing I thought is that Julian Savia came back and I thought, oh, this is a good chance to prove himself. And the poor guy dropped the ball cold. Then there was another opportunity. It just didn't play, didn't go his way. And now it, that All Blacks machine is so ruthless. You just get spat out the back, and it's funny with Severe because it's not. It wasn't an isolated incident. You know, he he been up and down for the best part of two years. You know, if you think about um, the Hurricanes final, you know, he similar experience dropped it, dropped the ball with the line open. Um, but the All Blacks kept faith in him, and they kept him in the squad, and then they brought him back. And then you know, you get a guy like Rico, and what can you do? Um, it, 19, 20 year old kid who's just absolutely destined for that stage, and uh, he's got he's quicker than severe. He's better on his feet, um, you know, and it's really hard to see a way back from now. Yeah, Julian Savier is one of those players you've got to manage. They managed him for a few years, but he didn't come to the play. He didn't push himself. Whereas Akira, awesome. And do you know what happened with Akira Yuani on the way over to Monaco for the World Rugby Awards? No. He doesn't usually drink any beer or anything. <laughs> oh. And he'd had a few beersies after the final test and isn't used to it, so was puking on the plane on the way to Monaco, sitting next to the all-black coach. 
<laughs> really? He, said he was so ill when he received his Breakthrough Player of the Year award. If you look back at the tape, you'll realise he is as white as a ghost. <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure Shag's dealt with a few of those over it's, the years. <laughs> it's a great time to you know get runs on the board, pop your cherry when it comes to booze, because <laughs> on tour, it would have been more than a few, wouldn't it? Surely that's... Well, if, but if you're not, no, I think, no, they're pretty good, the All Blacks now, but okay. it, if you don't drink ever and you yeah. suddenly have some beersies, it's it's not good. Um, Akira, yes, well, he was brought into the fold. Let's talk about, um, say, some of the new faces coming through this year. Interesting that we still, in New Zealand, produce these amazing players, and it's not just really from New Zealand, but like you look at Vai Fafita, uh, uh, Asofa Almua, amazing Liam, did you just go, right, this is it, this is the new generation? Or are you thinking, hold hold on, hold on, there's still value in the old guys? Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? I guess a guy like Via um, had Jerome not had his off-field issues. It might have taken him a little while longer what, to come through. What were you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, I just took a shine to a model and... <laughs> yeah. Different privacy laws in Australia, and uh, so things leak out that wouldn't have in New Zealand. Um, yeah, hell of a hell of a thing to deal with that. Yeah, interesting choice of words leaking out there, but I think that um, for, for for someone like Jerome, he can actually um, make his way back. He's such a colossus of a player that I think that not having him in there, yes, Brody Retallick was missed, but surely we're missing that sort of tight, loose play again. Terrible uh, words yeah. to use. But the, um, well, I heard that he's still one of the quickest in the All Blacks side. So yeah. you think, oh, he's old. Um, maybe he's passed his use by, but he's not. He's, he's amazing. And I saw him um, when he wasn't with the All Blacks, and he was cut and conditioned. So he's looking after himself. He's getting injured a lot more now, though. If you think about the past year, um, he did the, the knee on the India Tour. He's, you know, 33. You've got Liam Squires, a pretty you know, a hell of an athlete himself. Um, so he's another sort of, I guess, in the Julian Severe that, you know, he's off contract next year. He's probably going to give himself a super rugby season to, to to crack his way back in. And if he can't, then maybe Japan or France beckons. Yeah, that's the, the natural course, isn't it, where everybody just takes off overseas. Um, Safwa Moore, what's happening there? Wow. We've, we've got a superstar on our hands, don't we? Yeah, so you have the Under-20 World Cup, and Willie Lose comes back from that telling us about this, uh, you know, a Safa guy, and then suddenly we start seeing him in the Lions. Obviously, the talent um, people with the All Blacks knew this guy was on the radar for a while, but he is unbelievable. Um, impact, every time he hits a tackle or goes into contact, he always makes a difference. Um, he's a little bit like uh, Adi Savier in that respect. And I thought the lines were awesome as well this season. Um, so he was just a pleasure to see come through. Yeah, it was that whole um, Lions pack, wasn't it? Yeah, um, their front row. It's been a long, long time since I've seen a Wellington Ford pack uh, dominate. You know, they've always had the Rolls-Royce back line. Um, but, you know, um, he's like um, Bill Thovambati on steroids Wait, with pace. And fitter. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Have you seen Bill lately? <laughs> He's such a cool guy. Um, there is, <laughs> looking at someone like uh, like him coming through, because you need to find a way, I guess, to, to, to integrate him into the team, there's also um, the fact that I think guys like Waisaki Naholo, um, Sam Kane, and even Damian McKenzie, I thought they looked the part. 
you know, you can criticise McKenzie or all you like because people seem to do, they want to do that with any new kid on the block. But he was amazing in Cape Town. And looking forward, his transition to number 10, that's going to be of real interest for Super Rugby 2018. Um, you know, you heard the rumours that Dave Rennie didn't play him there, even though the All Black selectors were saying, can we please see him there? Um, but this year, Colin Cooper, or next year, will be putting him. So I just can't wait to see how he develops. Aaron Cruden-like, that's what I predict. Really? Yes. yes. He is courageous. He's very um, sprightly. He is tiny, isn't he? Uh, but, you know, uh, Cruden was tiny as well. And he, mm. he was, um, you know, gutsy and, and a, a brilliant, actually, front-on defender. Um, I think 10 is going to be Damien's position. Um, at fullback, he... There's a lot of responsibility, and, and when you're coming into a test rugby and you're, and you're replacing a guy like Benton Smith, who you know pretty much doesn't make a mistake, it's bloody hard. Um, and so, yeah, you mentioned Sam Kane, I think probably his best year, uh, that final test of the year, he made 30 odd tackles. Um, and you know, from a leadership point of view, he, he's huge. Um, and, and it's not just the tackles he makes, but he is he's like a Pacific Islander in the way he tackles, he, he, he smashes people. And another nice rumour or truth that I heard yesterday from Brad Webber yes. is that Taweta Barlow used to waste him every single time they did fitness tests. So, Because I always used to wonder, why do they always pick Taweta? Well, it turns out that he is unbelievably fit. That's interesting. It's quite good how you like to reveal your source before you carry on. I like that. <laughs> always reveal your sources on uh, on the off-season, which yep. is the name of the show. that You're listening to Melody Robinson, Liam Napier, I'm James McConey. So, look, the reason why I mentioned Sam Kane is because I thought he was one of the guys that took a step up. And um, Waisaki Naholo, who, who's been amazing in Super Rugby for quite some time, but has always never quite looked like he was the go-to guy at test level. I reckon that's all changed now. He has definitely said, right, it's me who has to be in that 14 jersey. We got to leave the Fijian leaves for a year, didn't we? You know, he's finally... Off the league, yeah. Yeah, finally fit, um, which was a big thing for him. He, he'd been in spits and spats, probably shouldn't have gone to the um, 2015 World Cup, wasn't really ready, played one game from memory. Mm. Um, and But this India tour was a massive turning point for him, played um, just about every match, um, and it wasn't just scoring tries, but he was setting people up. He's offloading. He was busy. Um, he was scrambling back on defence. And he probably opened the All Blacks eyes a wee bit because they, they, they tend to like to um, have a you know an Israel Dag, a fullback type player on the wing. But the two power winger element worked for them. So um, looking ahead to next year when everyone's back on deck, it's going to be really interesting to see uh, the balance of their back three. All right. We're going to move on to the highlight of the year. Uh, Melody, and that is not the uh, World Masters Games uh, <laughs> over forties. Yeah, social touch gold medal. <laughs> it's not about that. It's about the the Black Ferns winning the Rugby World Cup, and how magnificent were they? Were they? And also that final. What a final! That was uh, an awesome game of rugby. Anyone who watched it just, um, I guess, reveled in the fact that the quality was so high. The tactics were incredible. Nobody um, had guessed that Glenn Moore was going to A, play a kicking game in the first half to try and manipulate their fullback and then B, bring it into the um, big pack and take them on up front because that's how they lost it in June down in Rotorua. The English four-pack absolutely outplayed them. So tactically brilliant, uh, great bunch of chicks, humble. And then, of course, the ongoing story that was generated from that success, which is 
Um, will the 15 aside girls get a salary at some point? Will there be a professional competition? And the answer is yes. There's quite a bit of work that's got to be done, but um, this next summer, 2018, they're looking at that eight-week competition. So based on the AFL uh, women's comps, I'm really interested to see how that goes. Thank you, Mel. Thank you, Liam. Uh, We'll see you again soon. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.